What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition, Hitting the High Notes, Utah Jazz Talk. And boy, folks, uh, let me tell you what, something. It is April 30th. We're recording this. And that means tomorrow. It's going to be May. And uh, uh, congratulations to everybody. We made it. Uh, <laughs> we beat be May. Yes, we beat coronavirus. COVID-19 is out of here. Everything can go back to normal. Congrats. You've done it all, folks. Let's get everything started. Let's um, play basketball at Disney World. It's an exciting time. And I'm here with Mr. Go the Distance 49 himself, um, uh, Jared Barker. What's up, man? Oh, nothing. I just learned that we're we're sponsored by Justin Timberlake. It's going to be May. <laughs> all that I do. Got it up for you. Who, um, do you have an NSYNC podcast yet? I should, I should, right? Is she like anything like like ninety six and ninety nine? That was like the prime of my life. That's where I peaked, and like so, anything in that area, I'm, I'm very adept at. So, like, so when like they do ninety eight degrees, that, yeah, that one what, too. Yeah, right. Well, kids, they were right at the end. Or um, O Town. <laughs> um, O Town, man. That's when like O Town, like that's when like boy bands were dying. You know. Yeah, I know they were like the first of the dying boy band. Boy band, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, um, they I came did, late to the party. Yes, I, 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 they did have some. Uh, is that, the, is that the one where they were singing in the bowling alley, or was that somebody else? Oh, uh, I can't, I can't remember. Oh, like five, I think. I think there was five. Anyway, um, uh, you heard his voice. Um, uh, we're bringing him back. Um, uh, he was on our Corona draft uh, special, Mr. Jerem Moore. What's up, Jerem? Hey, nothing. I, I always break uh, podcast protocol because I just can't not talk. Oh, man, that's, that's, <laughs> that's perfectly that's fine. We we talk a lot on this podcast. Yeah, I, 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 I can't I can't miss opportunities to to gently rib uh, who <laughs> and um, uh, rib he does. And um, uh, you know we we did the Corona Draft special. We talked about our teams. Jerem, um, our team has simulated the season. Um, I made a big trade, did not work out, but your team's in the playoffs. So congratulations in the in this fake playoffs. You are a better GM than I am in a draft. Your thing is still going on. It is? Uh, the playoffs have started. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, my team. Um, uh, it wasn't bad. Did they, did they play an eighty-two game season or what? They played seventy. Seventy-two. Oh, 70 games there's thirty. Yeah, there's thirty-six teams, so thirty-five games played everybody twice. Seventy yeah. games. Um. Anyways, you know, nobody wants to hear about our teams, but uh, let's just say that. Uh, you know, oh, no, it, we got we, that podcast did a decent amount of numbers for coronavirus. I, I think what you have you have that like I Jeremy talked about it. You Jeremy and I talked about it, like you kind of have to have one of the top eight to ten guys in the league to really make a difference. You know, I mean, yeah, I had Durant and I, I mean, I started like twenty seven and eight or something like that, and I ended. Yeah, I'm the eighth seed. Granted, I just stole home court uh, against the one seed. So, oh dang, did Durant get hurt? Um, what, what happened? Shouldn't there's no injuries? I. Oh. I don't know exactly what happened, but yeah, my team just literally fell off. Like, I, 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 I finished the season like eight and twenty-eight or something like that. <laughs> oh was, my goodness! It, it was absurd. Yeah, yeah. Your fa- your fans were about to call call for your head, but if you pull a, an upset in the first round, you yep. know, your job is uh, your job is safe. Uh, Durant's One more year, baby. Durant's not going to go to Golden State, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I traded Donovan at the trade deadline for Pascal Siakam. And there's some other pieces. I traded away Carmelo as well for, and I got, who did I get back? I think Jordan Clarkson back just to shake things up. Thought maybe, and it really did nothing. I ended almost, which is like NBA purgatory to end like outside the playoffs, but like not awful enough to get a good draft pick. So I was like, yeah, well, it is what it is. You know, are so. you guys doing a second season or something? I don't no. think trying to tank. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that would have made things interesting. If I'm uh, like, at the trade deadline, because 
there, there was no reason to tank in this league because, you know, there's everybody. There's no future, yeah. There's no future. But if we had maybe just another year, people could have thought, okay, I'm not going to win this year. Or maybe like a three-year league, you could think, yeah. okay, I can get assets for the next two years. But yeah. that's kind of a hard, hard way to do it. Yeah, it is what it is. So, yeah. Um, but yes, um, uh, we brought Jerem on because, boy, you know, we haven't been on for a week, week and a half. A lot of two jazz. Weeks. Uh, two two weeks. weeks. Yeah, a lot, a lot of jazz stuff kind of came down the pipeline. Uh, first up, um, uh, a lot of Rudy Gobert trades um, uh, are out in the are out in the uh, uh, Twitter sphere. Oh, um, I goodness. was I was just on a different podcast. I'm um, uh, the 450 Times, hosted by Adam T- Taylor and Brendan Nunes. Uh, two guys actually helped get hitting the high notes off the ground, which was um, so kind of a full circle there. They asked me a lot about Rudy Gobert, what's the situations like, and wait, who I, are these guys? They say sound familiar. These are the guys that um. So this uh, podcast was on a different podcast than the Internet Sports Podcast. Oh yes, part yes. Of. So the, are they these the help. Indiana guys or? Uh, they're not in Indiana. I don't know. Uh, no, <laughs> but well, which are, podcast these, do they run? Is what I'm asking. They're, they're, it's called the 450 Times right now. They they do a lot of podcasts. 450. So. 450 yeah. Times. Uh, so f- some of the things I brought up in the Rudy Gobert stuff was um. Uh, you know, first of all, I have to explain the tiff and where I felt. Um, uh, we were uh, as a fan base, and I said, you know what? Hey, there's a there's a small rift between Rudy and Donovan. That's no denying no denying it anymore. But rifts does not mean you know things are gonna blow up. So let's slow down and everything. Uh, we talked about Rudy Gobert's supermax contract. We talked about Rudy Gobert um, as a complimentary piece or a one B on a championship team. So if you have a chance, go download 450 times uh, with Brandon Nunez and Adam Taylor uh, at podcast. Everything is on there. So. Um, but guys, so Rick Boucher uh, decides to open up floodgates with a He's Draymond a hack. Green. I'm just getting that out there right now. He's a hack. I'm <laughs> serious. Uh, um, Rudy Have Gobert. Have you seen some of the other stuff he reports? I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, it, it is what it is. It's their jobs. And <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not here to comment on that. I'm just here to talk about what has been put out in the world. You know, so Rudy Gobert for Draymond Green. So that's kind of opened the floodgates that people are like, are coming. For Rudy Gobert. Now, before yeah. I get to you guys here real quick, I want to say, if people are on Twitter trying to make trades um, and trading away Rudy Gobert, I'm okay with that. That's fine if that's your prerogative. However, if you're just trading it for fear that Rudy Gobert is just so unhappy in Utah that he's going to force his way out or he's already made it up his mind he's going to leave in a year you know, or, I, I don't, or that you're fearful of paying him the supermax because that's different though. That's actually yeah. different. I, I I will put that in a different category. Um, yeah. I think I, I don't know. Do you, Jared? Do you see like wh- what is your confidence level that Rudy Gobert wants to leave Utah as soon as he can? Uh, mine. I mean, I don't think. How do I give you a number without no, like, number? Just like, it I mean, sound just, like the inverse. No, but no, but I'm saying here. like. Well, what are your feelings? I'm eighty percent confident that he that he has no desire to leave, and the only um, the only thing that I would give me pause is that his agent is gonna, uh, like any good agent, is gonna look and see what's out there in terms of contracts and whatnot. What would other teams offer him? Mm-hmm. That's that's the only thing. Why, that why I does that give you pause though? Because um, uh, the Jazz. You have bird rights. The Jazz have the best chance to offer him the most because, money. Because I don't think we're going to give him a Supermax, and nor do I think we should. Mm-hmm. So do you I think... Just, I just think that he's so not you, a player that's worth a Supermax. While 
there's no other players of his caliber that play his style of basketball. There are other players of his ilk that are replacement level. Um, like his game in terms of what he can do is a replacement level player's game. Like nobody else can do it as good as he does it, but he is not a guy that, in my opinion, that you give a super max to. So, um, uh, so the, I mean, that, that's, he's not so somebody question, I'm comfortable so playing 50 is, million a year. So I, no, I mean, I will get to the super max in a little bit, but so you're just scared that, so, I mean, but the, the not fear scared. is not, no, the fear is no. not from him leaving because he's mad at the organization or mad at Donovan or mad at ownership. You're no, just, it's just uh, that we're not going to pay him. Yeah. Okay. And that's fine. But so it's not the fear of the riff that's happened. I have no fear whatsoever in terms of like if I mean, I've, no, my confidence level is he's not going to try to force his way out. But honestly, I I do have a problem with how he comported himself in more recent history, though, and and that's just that's another thing altogether. And Jerem, I'm uh, like, do you? I mean, because I'll, I'll be honest, I was wrong about Gordon Hayward. I thought Gordon had built a pretty good life in Utah. Thought he had saw this team um, uh, really build from the ground up. I thought he wanted to be part of that, and I was wrong. I I didn't see the signs at the time. Um, uh, in retrospect. I can see um, uh, the things that I missed, and um, I don't know. Like I'm a germ. Am I not seeing it correctly, or do you think there is legit fear that Rudy Gobert is now just ready to leave uh, after the after this year? I don't. So there's there's two pieces to that. I think one of them is, I think, I mean, Rudy is a. I don't want to call it. Um, Rudy is a bit spiteful. Yeah, I mean, he wears 27 for a reason. He <laughs> like he has that chip on the shoulder mentality. He, he's prideful. Let's put it out there. He's he's got a lot of pride. I, but but I mean, I don't even think it's like I mean, everyone in the NBA has is should be stupid prideful. They're elite of the elite of the elite. Um, yeah, but, I would say Rudy even more than most of them, just in my opinion. Okay, um, I. Like the, the but the thing about it is I I think the Jazz still took still were the ones that took the chance on him that made the deal that took that took the shot that gave him a home that made the trade for Ennis um, they were the ones who consistently pushed him forward like Quinn consistently pushed him forward Quinn built everything around him um, Quinn's offense as it was when he got brought to the Jazz is not the offense we're running now because of what we what he learned that he can do with Rudy. And so even though Rudy isn't a 25 point per game scorer, he is consistently featured even if it's not as much as he wants to be because no one's ever getting enough touches in the NBA. Um, but they are built around him. The defense is built the team is really built around Rudy Gobert. It just happens that there's a lot of really good complementary pieces. It's hard to see that a team is built around you and want to walk away when you have that pride or that chip on your shoulder like Rudy. It's like, I built this team. Why would I go somewhere else that is, I'm going to walk in and I have to be, I have to be, you know, I have to be Jag, just some guy and, and hope that I fill it, fit in with him. That being said, the, you know, when Rudy was getting slammed by coronavirus things, um, you know, Woj just blasted him. It, it's easy to look at the Jazz's silence as damning as something that you're like, yeah, like they didn't, 
say, hey, Rudy did X, Y, Z. They just were complete radio silent. And again, it's that's that same thing where you go, well, maybe this team doesn't have my back and it's where I am. Right. Right. And, uh, and I've talked about that too. And I mean, it is, so I guess to sum up in, uh, for both, for all three of us, uh, we're not really scared that he's going to leave. I mean, there are a little bit of signs that he might leave in a year. He might have spite, spitefulness, but as of right now, as of today, no. there's no reason to panic about the rift that we're hearing um, uh, about Rudy. And, you know, he, he's not going to try to force his way out or just up and leave. We don't have that evidence yet. We don't, we feel that we don't have the evidence yet. Again, right. I was wrong about Gordon Hayward, but you know, now well, if, if we're, I have a question. Then. So if, um, well, to give the opposing, uh, you know, the opposing camp their their day in court, so to speak, um, to give them voice. I mean, the fan base, like we talked about with John Kuhn, um, before, the there is reason for pause. I mean, you've got the Gordon Hayward, uh, you know, spurning the Jazz, and it's like, oh, everybody, you know, it's like you thought who. Every, a lot of people didn't think he was going to leave. They were like, oh, the team's built around him. Of course he's not going to leave. They've given him all this love, all this opportunity. They've really helped him develop into an all-star. Of course he wants to stay. You know, and then he goes on a, a three. I mean, as soon as he announced that he wants to do a, a little tour, that had to give, that gave me a little pause. I'm like, mm, maybe he doesn't want to stay. You know, so I started preparing myself for him leaving. And then, you know, when he walked it back and everything like that, I mean, I don't want to make this in, about Hayward, but it's like, if, you, if he hadn't walked it back, I don't think it would have hurt people as much. But the fact that he, it got out there and it leaked, and then he denied it and you know, lied about it. I mean, because let, let's face it, he lied about it. There's, so let's, people let's had say this is... Let's say this is sort of like the Gordon Hayward situation. Yeah. Um, right now, at worst, it's 50-50, right? Like, if you told me that the chances of Rudy Gobert wanting to leave, I mean, the most I would give you is it's at least 50-50 that he I wants to leave versus he wants is, to stay. I'd say 50-50 is absolutely fair for the opposing camp. And they feel like a 50-50 chance is, you know, that's not worth, you know, uh, playing around with. I can definitely see people wanting to, and, and to me, Rudy as a player, um, he fits Eastern Conference basketball in general a little bit better uh, because I think that having having a dominant center is going to be a bigger deal getting you to the Eastern Conference Finals than getting you to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. So the so I guess the problem is that like as a as a front office as Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck like. If 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 your gut feeling is that it's fifty fifty that he's going to leave, you can mm -hmm. either say and and this would be I think a panic move like all right, you know go out there and try to find the worst offer or like just go find offers not not, not just listen to offers but like really actively push offers out there saying hey right. you know and that I, I believe that's not the right way to go. I mean if you're Justin Zadig and Dennis Lindsay, you pro or let's so say if I was GM and I've already mentioned how I how I'm not a great GM. You know, I say, all right, what can we do to make sure Rudy Gobert is happy to be here and that we can get him back without having to pat? Like, if someone offers a really good trade, yeah, as, as a good GM, as a good front office, you're going to at least listen to the offer and, and, and work with that. But I, I don't know. If going out there 
you, you want to be a buyer. You don't want to be the seller in, in this situation, I guess. Yeah, because it's like, if you look at the Ennis Cantor trade, for example, look at that. The Jazz lost so much re- leverage and maybe could have gotten more out of Cantor if he didn't come out pub- publicly and say, I don't want to be here anymore. Right, and, and so, then that's that's an NS problem, and that's um, uh, yeah. And know. so if Rudy does want to leave and he keeps it quiet, then I think, and I think that is a courtesy to the Jazz that he would, just in my opinion, because I think that there's the professional respect there, the fact that the Jazz really believed in him and helped him develop into what he is. I would think that he would. That's something he would do. But if not, then you know, I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's you know, be- believing and developing. You know, when I always hear those, I always think Gordon Hayward still. So you know, it just haunts me. <laughs> um, but the germ, um, uh, like, wh- in what world uh, or what type of players would you get back? Saying that you have to sell Rudy at maybe eighty cents to, to the dollar, um, if 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 it comes to that, um, uh, do you have any ideas of what players you want to get back to help this Jazz team move forward uh, without doing a complete rebuild? Oh, uh, I don't know. So, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's well. So, so see, there's, there's, know, there's, yeah. is, is there something from the Warriors, uh, you know, Draymond Rudy base that would interest you? Is there something else on the Warriors that they can give you that be like, all right, that's enough for Rudy Gobert? The Warriors think, wouldn't want Rudy. I don't uh, think they'd be interested. I don't think well, there's I mean, anything. I mean, the, the, that's a rumor out there. I just do that one because I saw the rumor out there. I mean, just say the Warriors. So. Um, I don't think there's anything. The, the thing is, I think if you sell Rudy, um, I think you're punting on a season or two. You're, I think Absolutely. you're, you're, you're rebuilding into a Donovan Mitchell as your point guard and you're building around that. And so, um, I mean, just like looking at random things, like it, it would have to be players like, I mean, I would look for you know, draft picks in the next year or two. I would look for, uh, and part of that issue is, because then you're looking at moving on from Mike Conley, then you're moving on from, you're probably moving on from Joe Ingles. Um, and so your core of, just just out of age, like he's going to be, whatever, 34, 35. Yeah, that's right. Some, something along those lines in the, in the next year or two. And, and so you're, yeah, you're, how are you replacing... It's not like how are you replacing Rudy? It's how are you replacing? Yeah, Rudy how are you rebuilding the team? Oh Bo- yeah, yeah, and and Bogey and probably Joe and da 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 da. What like what does the the thing want to be? And like you you know we want to be the Warriors or we want to be the da 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 da. Yeah. And I like exactly what the like you want shooting or you basically want probably fringe lotto players from the last year or two who just haven't been able to get like get a chance something like uh i mean you look at the the chris uh the porzingis trade chris stops um and i mean you you know it seems like the mavericks won that one but the swing is what you're looking for if dennis smith turns into an, it turns into an all-star then you go okay that's a different trade it just so happened that dennis smith was really not very good yeah. but that's that's kind of what you're looking for for that rudy gobert trade in um, my plus opinion, he went to someone a, who's a year plus mm-hmm. away Plus, he went to a not developmentally focused organization right. who really yep. can't help point guards get better. Yes. So the um, uh, so I, uh, another trade that was on uh, line today was Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, and uh, Chris Levert. 
Um, uh, so some some young players, which again fit that Donovan timeline. Uh, Jared Allen, another actually a pretty young center uh, in his own right. Um, that'd be a way to rebuild on the fly if uh, if you um, uh, if you trade with the Nets and then you give them um, uh, the core of Dinwiddie, Donovan, Levert, and Allen uh, a couple years to kind of get back to where it is. So so if you do trade, I think you're right. If you do trade for Gobert, yeah, you're right. Lot- lottery type talent, um, uh, guys that are young that can develop. Um, uh, Jared even messaged me about that net trade. So you, you like that trade. I do. I, I like that trade because I, I like the young players we get back. And I think that, yeah, it gives us a chance to, you know, to see something and, you know, try to grow into a different team. Um, it gives us more ball handle. Well, I mean, the thing is the only problem with that trade I would see is that we have a, it seems like we have a glut of ball handlers now and that would give us another glut of ball handlers. So, well, I mean, uh, it's also one thing that um, uh, you know, if that that move if that move is made in the off season, other moves could be made to clear that stuff up too. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and so yeah, so again, so for me to to entertain Rudy Gobert trade idea, it's, it's got to come out of like not of the fear that he's just going to spurn the Jazz and the Jazz should panic now and get what they can. It, it, if it comes from like, okay, hey, Rudy's coming up, you know, let's see what the market's going to offer him. Um, if someone offers him a max contract, will us offering him a max contract make a difference? Uh, when I say us, I mean the Jazz. Um, uh, is is he going to be offended if the Jazz don't offer him a super max? Stuff like that. So uh, we'll have that conversation. Uh, we'll have that conversation. Um, you know, in a little bit when we talk about Rudy Gobert's super max, but we'll, we'll have that conversation when we get to it. I should say. <laughs> But one thing I wanted to get to um, was uh, since the NFL draft happened, everybody loves draft time. I mean, we and we've been in Corona situation and quarantine. Uh, I mean, uh, Jared, who's your football team? I'm Broncos. Broncos. So you, you, you feel like you had a pretty good draft, I would say. Oh, uh, I, I, I'm buying Madden this year, which is something I don't uh, say every year. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. There you go. Um, uh, you, you're really buying into the lock hype. I don't, I don't see it. Uh, I mean, he, he has 8,000. We, so. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we have a lot of, I mean, there, there's a lot to like about Drew Locke. You can go back to Missouri. I mean, you can go back to the fact that uh, quarterbacks who do well are typically from SEC schools who are not power schools. And that checks right. Drew Locke because you have to, you're living with worse talent. And I mean, I, there's, there's definitely questions about Locke, but. You, yeah, I, mean, I, I just feel like, like there's a lot of people that are all in on him, and I'm like, I mean, did, what did you see last year that made you decide, oh yeah, he's he's my franchise quarterback? I'm like, yeah, I would give it a couple more years to go all in on Drew Locke. Well, so, I, I mean, just think that there's some people that are way ahead what's of the, the curve. What's the um, what's the? I mean, if you're a fan, what's why not just go all in? Yeah, <laughs> like he's, went four sure. and one. I mean. Yeah. Offense was anemic before he showed up, and they actually showed some life. I mean, at, at the point where you were for the last couple of years, you're just looking for excitement, and that's, you'll that's take three shots. Yeah, that's that's at, at some point, if you're a team, and like you know, you, I mean, the Broncos have shown they're going all in, right? Look at the weapons yeah. they put around him. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's it's sort of like the situation here, like, or the when I say this, which means the quarantine situation here, like if if you choose one path, you kind of have to go down that path as far as you can before you, you backpedal it. 
And with yeah. the Broncos, you know, you got to go as far as you can. You know, if if you if you don't believe that Julox your guy, then you should have done something about it right now. But if you you know think it's going to be a situation that you're going to go all in on, you might as well no, go I all th- in. I think yeah. with the picks that they had and with this quarterback draft, I think riding with Drew Locke right now is 100% the right decision. And I do like the picks that they that they made, honestly. And I say this as a 49er fan, you know. Right. I think the uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> um, so um, uh, with the draft going on, um, uh, it brought me because the NBA draft would be happening uh, just a couple months from now um, uh, if the season were to end or whatever. But um, uh, with the NBA draft, um, uh, it's always an exciting time for Jazz fans. It's a lot different than the NFL draft, but NBA draft is always like ho- hope springs eternal. Uh, it's always a, a fountain. Like no, no matter what draft pick the Jazz have. I guess Jazz, a lot of Jazz fans I know think that this draft pick, even though it was like number 20, whatever, is going to be the pick that changes the Jazz. Um, and then sometimes uh, it's not the case. Um, and I wanted to look back at some previous drafts, go over the feelings we had from that draft, and um, uh, uh, kind of like reassess, because I, I hate grading draft, uh, doing NBA draft grades the year that it happens, because I'm like, oh, yeah, no, a lot awful. of things... A lot of these can happen, and we obviously see that. And like a lot of things, we just don't foresee things that seems like things that look like slam dunks. Um, uh, just some, um, uh, you know, just don't, doesn't always pan out. But we'll see how the team did. Uh, I first want to talk about the the Trey Burke draft. Uh, we all remember that one. I'll give my feelings first here. Um, so I remember uh, that draft. That was a year that the draft the the Jazz had just come off them. Uh, a really bad year without a point guard. Uh, they had been point guardless for a couple there years. There was John Wall or John Lucas. No, John Wall. <laughs> yeah, John yeah, Lucas yeah. the third. JL3. Uh, yeah. yeah. The J- like uh, uh, Shelvin Mack, right? Or no, Shelvin Mack. No. no. Uh, uh, J- Jamal Tinsley. Yeah. Yeah. Jamal yeah. Tinsley. Uncle yeah. Jamal. Mel Mel the, bu- Mel Mel the abuser. <laughs> we, oh, we, we I miss him. About, uh, we've talked about how jazz fans just crave point guards. Uh, John Stockton has spoiled this fan base. Whenever they have years without point guards, they just think that's the fix, right? You get the point guard, boom, that's the fix. Um, and, you know, that's not the year, the 2012 team. We'll, we'll get to it in a little bit, but um, uh, this is the year the jazz. Uh, this ended is up the with... year that birthed the core four and shout mm-hmm. out to Marin. She asked me to ask Jerem his thoughts on the core four. So, <laughs> So we're gonna discuss that. Well, this is was this year that because the core four was already in place. The Trey Burke, yeah, was this this Trey is not part of the core four. Oh, yeah. you're right, you're right. I was thinking we, Trey was part of the core four. No, he was he was core four plus one. Yeah, he was core four. Yeah, but um, yeah. That is a, before we get to it, Jerem, what is it? Because I'm uh, yeah, I'm uh, if she asks, if Marin asks, we want the answer. Oh, core four is just the eternal. I mean, it, it's the pinnacle of jazz, uh, of the jazz. You know. Uh, legacy even you know the 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 great four that were going to lead us into the next into the next millennium that did easily lead <laughs> us into the ne- next millennium uh, if anyone doesn't know what the core four is that's alec burks gordon hayward Derek favors and ennis Cantor. um they were just yeah, right yeah. right right in a row all of them hit at the same time and yeah they just they got this groundswell as the core four and you know what they lived up to that hype they we're a core of four players. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, when, when I talk to grizzly, grizzly people on here and they tell me about their core four, I'm like, oh, their core four is better. Um, <laughs> Gasol, Conley. Who was, 
Oh, Gasol, Gasol well, of course. And, uh, you and said Gasol Allen. is the best yeah. player out of any of those players. Like, uh, well, here's the thing. Like, um, uh, I, I never heard core. I never heard core four before the Jazz, but apparently Memphis has had core four for a while. You know what? I say let them have it because that core four. Y- yeah, uh, let them keep yeah. it. They had it for let longer. Keep it. They had a they had a better run. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they probably won that battle. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, yeah, it was core fours. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, it's. It's no core four four forever, which is a different organization that we're a part of. But uh, long live the core four four forever. Oh, I think uh, that that's actually what she was specifically saying because she used the hashtag, and I was like, what is this abbreviation?" I was like, <laughs> "That's so." So for anyone who who anyone who doesn't know that, which is literally every person on here, that's um, back in the day. This was like right either right as I was finishing up at KSL and right before Angie Treasure became global superstar Angie Treasure, it was me, Angie, Marin, and uh, Downright Dave. And we just decided that we were the core four now. Uh, and so okay. we became the core four. And so we came up with hashtag core four four forever. <laughs> and that is our, our team great. name. Is we are great. the core four four forever. I'm going to use that for my next, uh, my next pub quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Who was the core four four forever? Yeah, yeah. not the core um, four. Uh, so in 2013, the Utah Jazz. So they barely missed the playoffs. Right? The Jazz have their own pick at number 14. The uh, Jazz also have a pick from Golden State via Brooklyn, traded to Minnesota. Or uh, sorry, Golden State via Brooklyn. Uh, the number 21 pick. So they have two first round picks in that draft. Uh, I'll tell you the story about uh, my buddy who worked at KSL. Uh, sorry, my buddy who worked at KSL. Um, he was telling me, hey, you know, like we had a bunch of guys that we wanted. I was a big Michael Carter Williams fan. Um, I also thought I, I, I was a big Dennis Schroeder fan, uh, even though like the Jazz at that point were slotted to maybe either Schroeder or Shane Larkin. People love Shane Larkin. The like, Jazz the guy, loved Shane Larkin. Oh, my God. I, if they drafted Shane Larkin, I probably would have said some words. Uh, but I, I was not a big Shane Larkin fan. I, I was like, cool, I can see him dunk. But he's like, just watching his shot, his shot looked awful. Anyway, I remember those those two point guards because the Jazz were like super point guard heavy, super point guard heavy. Like they again, we talked about John Lucas, you know, Jamal Tinsley. Um, the Jazz had the core four, but they needed a point guard. Um, and lo and behold, uh, Trey Burke, you know, fresh off uh, a near national, did he win the national championship or did he he get close to the national championship? They, right? they got robbed. Yeah, he he was the darling of the the NCAA uh, tournament. Probably got slated to go top five. So this was a weird draft uh, because Anthony Bennett went number one to the Cavs. What a horrid draft. Uh, Oh, yeah. And then you got Victor Oladipo. The the guy that everybody thought was going to go number one was Narnas Noel. Um, At least I thought Narnas Noel was going to go number one, drops a six. And so down on nine, Minnesota, who has a history of drafting point guards, had like probably already eight. Um, uh, Number nine was there. The Jazz decided to move up with the 14th and 21 pick to the number nine pick to get Trey Burke, who had never, he didn't even work out for the Jazz. Um, oh, well, let's, let's put a disclaimer right here. Hey, yeah. guys who are listening to this podcast, we're not going to do a ton of Giannis talk because well, guess no, what? Let's get, wait, wait, hold on. No. Let's get there. Let's get there first. <laughs> let's, let's, before we go to that. Um, Trey Burke. So, you know, again, the darling of the NCAA tournament, point guard, guy that got buckets, uh, first point guard off the board. Um, him and, it was between him and, my, and MCW. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts? Uh, Jared, what were your thoughts about the Jazz drafting? Yeah, you said you have receipts. So 
Well, so I have, I, so I worked at KSL at that time, so I wrote a whole bunch of different things, and I had my 30-name draft board of like, hey, here's all the players that the Jazz are looking at, and I actually had CJ McCollum above uh, Trey Burke because Ooh, that's uh, Trey Burke, it wasn't necessarily because I thought CJ McCollum was better at that point, but it was because I thought the Jazz actually liked CJ McCollum more than they liked Trey Burke. Uh, they brought because they brought in McCollum, um, but yeah, that was so. Uh, uh, Tony Parks, who worked, you know, uh, or who was Yeah, Ameri- I know. For love me some Tony Parks. Um, being in the in the jazz jazz room, uh, we were in the Zion's Bank Center while that was happening, and I remember him giving a, a fist pump because he's a huge Michigan Wolverine fan. And I remember David Locke being huge on this pick. Um, I, 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 I mean, I'll admit I was, I was all in on the Trey Burke bandwagon. I thought he had the thing. Yeah. Like, we didn't boo him. So we knew it was going to be a mess though. <laughs> well, <that's>, that <laughs> makes sense. Oh, we need to boo more. Um, yeah, I had it's like, magic. I, that's why I we had, boo at games. <laughs> it makes sense i'm just kidding i Uh, i remember talking yeah i remember talking about different things regarding him but yeah i i honestly didn't think trey burke was gonna fall no one really did like literally the jazz didn't think they were gonna fall until it was a weird weird draft kevin o'connor got a phone call at like number four and someone was like hey this is how this trade's gonna fall through trey burke's gonna be there gonna be there at eight nine ten and so then he went, okay, well, let's make this deal. I think it was actually Dennis Lindsay's first GM draft. Um, I'm not sure. I think so, too, I because um, I, I remember giving Dennis – I think I remember giving Dennis Lindsay like, – because Kevin O'Connor drafts always bugged the, the hell out of me. And so I was, like, I was like, oh, my God, Dennis Lindsay's Isn't that first the one year. where, where D- Lindsay only had like 50% control, though, and yeah. O'Connor kind of yeah. had – Yeah, okay. So, um, uh, yeah, so Trey, we, and, uh, like, and I heard yeah. that Corbin wanted Trey, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yeah. I mean, Trey, was... Cor- Corbin was huge, 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 huge on Trey. Um, so, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was really excited. I like, again, I, I thought he had the, the thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, like just, I, I was, I was the week after that happened. Cause I actually didn't do a ton of study on Trey Burke because I legitimately thought there was no way that the jazz were going to get him. So I did study on CJ McCollum. I did a lot of 14 range study. Um, but I was like, I had watched him in the, in March madness and I knew him, but it was like, Oh, Holy crap. We got Trey Burke. And then I started digging into just, just highlights after highlights. And I was like, man, this is what this guy brings if he can like if this can turn into this you know if if what he does here can turn into what he does in the nba he's going to be like that good if like he i thought he had obviously a little bit of like defensive deficiencies i did not think he had the defensive deficiencies that he ended up having i don't i mean no one did obviously but he seemed like he had burst he seemed like he had movement he seemed like he had all these things and so i mean it was it was. I was excited. I thought. He, I thought he was an answer. Yeah, and and again, this was so. Yeah, you said about CJ McCollum. I know that Matthew L, who worked with you at KSL as well, um, uh, was a huge CJ McCollum fan. Um, but also the Jazz again. Core four had Alec Burks at the same position, um, and you know CJ was you know came from like the came from Lehigh was a big scorer, but was lacking a lot of the stuff, but was a great great scorer. 
Um, so let's say that CJ McCollum is higher on the Jazz board, right? Trey Brook, you know, is there. They get that phone call and everything. And do you think that draft pick was based on need? Because the Jazz, again, were point guard deficient. And they decided to go with the neat player they needed versus the player they had ranked higher? Well, I think um, on my board, I had McCollum above him because I didn't. I just didn't assume. I think I'm actually I'm going to have to go find my journal from back then. But I'm like 90 percent sure that Trey Burke was like their second guy on their board behind. I'm trying to remember. I actually think behind, behind Oladipo. He was like, like, I know I know that Ty fought for him, but O'Connor and, and Lindsay were were in on him. Like he, he was their top point guard. I know for sure. And I'm pretty sure he was like, cause you know, run, you run through everyone else on the list. He was above Bennett, uh, Porter. I don't, I actually don't know that where Porter was on that. He was above Cody Zeller, Alex Len, Nerlens Noel, and Ben, actually maybe Nerlens Noel was higher, but he, you know, he was right in that like top three players on their board total. So. Yeah. I mean, and uh, obviously trade didn't uh, work out. Uh, and I, I remember thinking, wow, Dennis Lizzie turned a late lottery pick and a, a mid uh, or early 20s pick into Trey Burke. And I thought that was amazing because Trey Burke, again, was supposed to be a top four pick for somebody out there. And he fell to nine. Jazz needed a point guard. It seemed like a slam dunk at the time. This is going to work. Boom. Jazz did it. I mean, really, like out of those four point guards on the list, Burke, MCW, uh, shooter and uh, um, at least they didn't pick uh, Shane Larkin, you know. <laughs> like yeah. at least Shane Larkin is still in the league. Yeah, um, Shane uh, Larkin. <laughs> I mean, shooter would have been interesting if, if the Jazz, because if the Jazz had kept their picks, I, I really, know that. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was going to say they really liked um, Schroeder, but if well, first off, I'm again, I'm I'm trying to reach back into this, but Gobert was the pick at fourteen. Right, I, I heard. I heard they loved Gobert. Like I, I remember, yeah. my buddy texted me just like, "I hear that they love this big French center." And I was like, "Okay." I mean, and to me, by that point, the stigma of foreign centers had passed. But like, it was the joke. It was the joke, you know. Like uh, back back in the day, oh, the Jazz with another another foreign center. Here we go. Uh, yeah. They've been hurt before, and so um, uh, yeah, they went and got they went and got Rudy Gobert. Uh, 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 they thought he was gonna be a lottery pick for sure. Um, but you know, to the Jazz credit, they ended the 2013 draft with an All Star. It, it just wasn't the All Star they thought it was going to be. Right. Uh, but said, you, do you think Shane Larkin was going to be the pick at 21? Or yeah, I, I the, they liked. From well, I don't know if uh, as the whole, but if if Walt Perrin, who holds a lot of sway, uh, had his way, it would have been Shane Larkin. They Ooh. well, I guess not. I mean, go, looking back at the actual draft draft order, Larkin got picked at 18. Right, so, well, you 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 would think the Jazz if they liked Larkin enough, they probably would have traded up because I don't think because Atlanta, you know, they didn't two, care those enough, two, yeah. yeah, those, those, those they, two yeah, players, oh yeah, they took they took Schroeder and Atlanta and and Larkin right back to back. That's right. And then traded him, uh, yeah. So like, yeah, and they, I think they traded him right away to somebody. Dallas I don't know. or something. Dallas, that sounds right. Yeah, and so uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So it. What I'm trying to say is like um. Uh, this makes the, me wonder about jazz... Walt Perrin. I'm like, really, Walt? Come on, man. <laughs> oh, Walt. Well, well, okay. well, I guess that's my point. Is that like sometimes you hit the nail on the head, but yeah. some like I mean, they had two picks right there. One was gonna be Rudy Gobert. One was gonna be Shane Larkin. I mean, yeah. if you go 50-50 in a draft, 
that's hey, for, if you go that's 50 true. Complete, you're winning drafts, yeah you're probably yeah. doing really well because draft picks are just so hard to hit yep. yeah they um, are especially a draft like that because it was a bad draft oh yeah you, you seriously you look back at it and after after the three three which is you know Giannis, rudy and and oladipo the next best player is well cj mccollum is right there oh yeah sorry mccollum i guess after the four uh steven adams maybe five yep yeah like but but, yeah. but i mean uh, steven adams another because that was the trade for uh for james harden right like um like steven adams is great but they gave up james harden to get steven adams and so uh, another one of those like weird just draft they think like, steven adams is great um uh, but they lost james harden because of that trade yeah. um and so, like, as Jared mentioned, Giannis going at 15. Uh, and it's one of the things that, like, yes, Giannis was there when the Jazz could have picked. Um, Jerem, I, I, I don't remember any Giannis talk around that draft for the Jazz. Do there you remember Giannis? Talk, no, there, there was there, no Giannis talk from anyone. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, no one. Well, first off, if if you guys want a, a fun walk down in memory lane, is go look at draft articles where they spell his name wrong. Because, yeah. uh, no, like... Like I, I, I spent time trying to find out what his name was and it wasn't like they, they would add D's and add P's and add N's. Um, but yeah, like I, I had him listed as like, uh, Hey, I I think my words were, he may end up flaming out. Like he is probably the, the top pick to completely flame out of this league. He's also probably the top pick to be the, the next transcendent superstar that you're going to see in this league. Like, Oh, if you actually said that, that's amazing. Here's let, let me, uh, hold on. Let me, he's, he's the ultimate, this. like, um, uh, like high ceiling, uh, yeah, this is uh low West. floor player. Let's let me see what my, because at I, the time, like, how he spelled uh, at the time, I he did. was uh, a really raw, like just like oh, yeah. super. Oh yeah, he was super guy. raw. That's the only thing I remember about him. Right. Is that he was this raw athletic talent. Which is which is why guys like Dante Exum um, uh, are were there. We'll talk about Dante Exum probably after this, but like another time that the Jazz super point guard needy, you know, had just gone through transition, not had a point guard. Dante Exum falls to them, and it, the Jazz do pretty well in draft picks when they're not forced to take point guards because of need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, my 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 story is that Dallas. I know that um uh, uh, I've heard the stories this anecdote that the Mavericks. Brass really loved Giannis, really loved him, but they traded him um, back because they wanted to have that little bit extra money. So they went from uh, I want to say so 13 looks down down to 18 or 16 because they wanted to um, uh, save money so they could offer Dwight Howard a max contract in the in the off season. <laughs> that's a good story. Yeah, because that would be yeah. That's that's such a Dallas move. <laughs> I know. That sucks. Oh, they yeah. were always trying to clear space for somebody. Yeah, Darren Dwight. Darren uh, Dwight. Yes. DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Jeez. Um, uh, so, so yeah, so, they've learned their lesson by now. Actually, hopefully not, because I don't want yeah. them to be. So are are there? So I, I have some other names of um, uh, draft picks that Jazz fans were like really, really um, uh, on board with. First one I, I mentioned to you guys is Morris Almond. Um, uh, like I, I, I do not understand the love for Morris Almond because <laughs> he can score in the D League. <laughs> I mean, he can, he can score in, in college, right? The guy was yeah. just uh, and and again, we're talking about like when the Jazz draft for need, 
um, uh, like when you, I feel like drafting for need um, is is not a great because the Jazz drafted in two thousand. There was a twenty fifth pick. Everybody thought that Morris Auburn was going to come in, be a starting shooting guard, and just light up the world just shooting. Um, As a twenty fifth pick, you should never think that about them. You should hope but, that they're going to stick. <laughs> how did I? How did I start this um uh, this uh, segment? That's you know, true. That is exactly how you draft picks, right? That's not, any draft pick, you're saying Jazz Jazz. Jazz fans uh, I mean, are always like, fan. he's going to save us. Any fan, like, you had the last pick of the first round, I'd be like, oh my God, this guy could be next to Jimmy Butler, you know? So, it, it, the the only fans. families that had legitimate claim to, to like believing stuff like that were the Spurs, because they made all those late picks that like turn, seemingly turned to gold. And, and maybe that's just like development or just drafting guys that fit their system to do things that tim and tony and manu needed them to do and yeah. you know they, they had a very stable system for them to do that and that's my guess is why those guys like dewan blair uh you know what was he a, a early second round pick played three really good years with the spurs and then never was heard from again so mm-hmm. uh and is there any draft pick that's like more common that you guys remember like oh really excited about this guy really and then just never uh uh panned out uh Let's see. For the jazz specifically or the just jazz. in general? Well, uh, I mean, I, I think we all let's not pretend like we all didn't have Deshaun Stevenson love. <laughs> uh, like I, 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 I thought that he was, I mean, granted I was 16 or whatever at the time, but I thought he was going to be the, the bridge between, you know, between the, the Stockton Malone era and the new era of the jazz. Like I, you know, you just, and I mean, he was a late lottery, thir- 12, 13, 14, something like that. I don't remember exactly. Maybe he was later than that. But um, yeah, I, I, was I he lottery because he he was he was drafted during the Malone Stockton era, right? Yeah. Oh, I guess he was like the very last one. I wonder what year that was. Like two thousand three. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, it would have been just at like whatever there. Twenty yeah. third selection in the two thousand NBA draft. So yeah. So yeah, that's actually exactly what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, well, I mean, it was also during the time when high school picks were still in the NBA, and so like people were like, "Oh my God, next Kevin Garnett, next Kobe Bryant. If you came straight from high school, you've got to be good." And um, yeah. uh, so it was fine. Um, uh, just um, yeah, uh, NBA fans are drunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. Crooks like Crooks Nader's another guy. Ennis Catcher was one that was kind of a weird draft for the jazz because the jazz very rarely have top five picks. Right. Yeah. So, that was a weird draft. But that, and that the, I remember when Adams catcher. So that was the 2011 NBA draft. I remember thinking to myself, damn, after the lottery happened, the jazz got number three pick in a two player draft. Uh, Jared, do you remember what two players were ahead of Adams catcher? Oh, oh, do I, I don't know. The guy, uh, the guy that I thought was supposed to be number one should have been number one, Derek Williams, uh, from the University of Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. goodness! That's right. Miami oh, guy, man, Derek I, Williams, Miami I Heat loved legend. I loved me some Derek Williams. Right. Yeah, so that's where I missed. But then, then the guy said, "You know, I think he's good, but he only played like ten games a season. Let's let's, let's back off the love for Kyrie Irving." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, like again, you know, you know, we can't we can't duck on Walt Perrin because we all make these same mistakes. Um, I like Ennis Catcher though because um, uh, this is a, again, it was those two guys, and then here comes the next couple picks: Ennis Catcher, 
Tristan Thompson, Jonas Valchunas, Jan uh, Vesley, uh, Bizak Biombo, Brandon Knight. It doesn't, it's not until number nine, Kevin Walker, that you get another guy that's that, that's a draft that like just had a lot of people that were fine or good, but nothing like ex- that you thought was going to be all star level or superstar level. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That draft turned out better and worse than you expected. Like. Because I like a lot of people liked uh, Valanciunas and Vesely and Biombo. Pe- like people had this these ideas that they were going to be these players, like yeah. that they were going to be that next Euro wave, and they just didn't. Side no, note: They were just kind of mediocre. Yeah. yeah, I remember driving home in the Jazz and listening to the to the draft, and the Jazz took Alec Burks, and I was really mad because this is one that I will flag myself as uh, pat myself on the back because why. I wanted Kawhi. I was like, that is a stupid pick. Like, we, I don't think we need a, like, why wouldn't you get a long ling, like, long rangy small forward who can help you out when you just. Because he can't shoot. Yeah. It, no, it's, I mean. Shoot. And who knows if we would have been able to fix that, honestly, because we don't have oh, yeah. that legendary shot doctor. Yeah. Like, there, there's so many answers that are, le- like, questions that are left unanswered. But, I mean, I, I, I rarely believe that players who are like top five talents are the ones who are going to fail in certain systems. Would he have been top five? Maybe not, but I mean, he probably would have been a top 15 talent, whether or not he would have oh, stayed in Utah is think, another question. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, still, I, feel, I still think he would have been good. Yeah. Like, oh, he, yeah. Might yeah. Have, he might not have improved as much as he did in San Antonio, but he would have been What people yeah. call Ennis catcher a bust, I can see where they're coming from, but this guy's, you know, still in the league, still a guy that a lot of teams, um, uh, you know, will take a chance on because of how well he is offensively. It's Honestly, after a... I think he's kind of rounded out now. He's kind of rounded out his game a little bit. He might still be, you know, you might cringe still when you have to see him on the floor in the playoffs, but yeah. like he's so, a decent big. He's... I don't think Ennis is a, a bust. I mean, it's, it's tough because he, he's a top. When you get a top five pick. You know Dante Exum and his catcher. You think, okay, this is the guy. This is the guy that's. We're never turn great with franchise. top picks. We should always want to. Tr- we should always want to pick somewhere between. No, that's 10 not fair. And Darren twenty. Williams, that's not fair. Darren Williams was uh, number three. Derek Favors was number three. Yeah, we, tra- we that wasn't our pick. We traded up to get him. Yeah, I mean, we also I mean, traded for Favors. Yeah, I mean, still, I mean, that's. I mean, anyway, yeah. I'm how often are the Jazz? Well, hopefully, the Jazz are not in that top five range very often. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and this goes, football. this goes back to uh, to Jared's point earlier of why does NBA fans get so drunk? It's because NBA is the only system that one player can legitimately change everything. Like that's very true. Football, you can and you can't. Like if you get the quarterback, yada yada yada. But basketball is the one thing where you get well with football. You can go from worst go. to first. Like that's the great thing about the NFL product is you can go from worst to first in the space of one or two drafts. Yeah, and and again, it's a, it's a superstar-based league. And uh, Jeremy and I sort of talked about this on the last podcast that we did about you know if we were to draft as GMs today, boy, getting a top eight to nine pick is sort of like where you want to be. That's sort of the sweet spot to get to get somebody that's God. It's got to be probably really helpful to you. You think? Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. 
Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. Um, so um, uh, as we um, uh, finish up today, um, uh, Jared, what have you been up to? Um, uh, quarantine's ending, man. What are you? What's the first thing you're going to do? I am going to the autom- optometrist and buy glasses. Oh, nice. I have put that off for so long. <laughs> I, I, I literally made an appointment. Like I've, I've talked about this with my wife for three years or something like that. <laughs> and oh, wow, that's way too my, long. my glasses are so old. Like I have, I have new contacts cause I rarely wear my glasses. Like it just, mm. just at night. So I don't care that much, but yeah, like I've talked about this for so long. And so finally I pull the trigger. I get a, an appointment with the optometrist. And that's the week everything gets shut down. So, uh, so yeah, that's the first thing. And I'm going to take my baby to the zoo. I think those are the two things. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, there you go. I'm, uh, uh, I, I mentioned this. Like, I, I think everybody or most men want to get haircuts right now. And uh, my restaurant's opening up um, uh, May 1st, so tomorrow. Um, I don't know how comfortable I feel about going and serving a half capacity full restaurant. So I wonder how like hairdressers, hairstylists. Uh, barbers feel about having customers come in and and you know them working out. I don't know. It's it's a very weird world. Like I don't want to force them to work if they don't want to. Well, I'm pretty sure that that people can't be forced. Like they could quit. But I mean, I, you oh, well, have that's, that's sort of, you got to put food on the table, though. That's sort of <laughs> so that's, that's, that's of, sort of being forced. Like um, uh, if you quit, then uh, you don't qualify for unemployment. You don't yeah. qualify. Yeah, like you know, you are being forced back. It's if true. It's if rough. your job is open up and. Yeah. You have to go back to work. You have to go back to work. So it is, you know, yeah, it's kind of rough. You got to juggle. You got, there's a lot of stuff to juggle. So, yeah. So, when when I say people are being forced back to work, people are being forced back to work. Uh, before we get, um, uh, oh, hello. Um, Jerem, uh, so we've been doing this like retro jazz thing where we're kind of looking back at some teams, doing what we kind of do with the draft there. Um, so, we're talking about the 05 06 team. So, we talked about Darren Williams being drafted, right? This was, first of all, how did the Jazz get Darren Williams? You remember that? Like how crazy that was to get that draft pick? I I will be honest. I, this is so I was I was gone for this. Oh, Jared, um, what's gone? Yeah, and so I do. I remember a lot of talk about it, but I. Uh, but yeah, all my earliest memories of Darren were coming back and him being very very good for the Jazz. So. Uh, so I'm I'm not an expert That's on this much specific one. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let me give you guys a little history here about the that that draft number one. Okay. So the Jazz had the sixth pick, and God, I feel like the I don't know twenty fourth pick or so. So the sixth pick was from somebody. I wish I remember who it was. I'll, I'll look at it right now. Uh, but the Jazz also had their own um, pick, which is again, Jazz very good <laughs> at what they do. Um, they uh, they never had so the Jazz. Um, Oh, actually, so this was the year the Jazz... Wasn't uh, that the Nets pick from yes. forever and ever and ever? Or the Knicks? Right. No, the Nets pick, yeah. The Nets pick, yeah. So, no, the, uh, the Knicks pick was Hayward. Yeah, yeah the this was the Nets for yeah. whew, whoever so that... The Jazz, again, had a really rough year before. Uh, two years ago, they had, had like barely missed playoffs, but the next year, Boozer gets hurt. Akur plays really well, but the Jazz are running, you know, this uh, tri-point guard system. Wasn't wasn't the sixth pick their pick? Because they were like only won twenty-six games or something. Right. So the Jazz were actually the sixth pick. You're right. The Jazz were actually sixth pick. The the later pick was uh, 
Um, yeah, the later pick was I can't find it, but anyway, um, the Jazz had a later first round pick. Oh, it was from Dallas actually. Oh, the Keon Clark trade. I want to say. Anyway. Oh, okay. So Dallas had the twenty seventh pick and the sixth pick. This is a weird draft because the Jazz again needed a point guard, and they had two of them on the board: Darren Williams, Chris Paul. Andrew Bogut was number one. You know, he had the height. Um, the Bucks, you know, saw his uh, defense, really liked that. They took Andrew Bogut. That's fine. Marvin Williams, a guy that um, uh, at North Carolina didn't even start, goes to the Hawks because they they comped him to like Tracy McGrady. Thought he had that same athleticism. So at number three is Portland. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. The Jazz were able to trade up from number six and trade away the 27th pick. They, it cost them the 27th pick to move up three spots into a top three pick. Um, because I, I told Jared this last week, Raymond Felton was probably the guy the Jazz were going to get because Darren and Chris Paul were probably going to go. The Jazz told Darren Williams instead of Chris Paul. Uh, they liked his height. They liked them, uh, that he could run the pick and roll. Chris Paul was, you know, they were probably 1A, 1B in that draft. And so the Jazz get Darren Williams uh, that year. Again, they, I don't uh, that, that was a Kevin O'Connor draft. That was probably the best movie he's ever made in his career. Um, that year, the Jazz. Um, Agreed. The Jazz, he never did anything good besides that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Jazz had a rough year because Darren Williams didn't even start for most of the season. No. Um, it was kind of sad because like I, like Darren was a, a surly guy. Number one, this is like probably the beginning of the end of the Sloan Darren relationship because Sloan historically was not a guy that gave uh, rookies a lot of minutes. This is no this was no um, exception. You know, Darren Williams, even though it was probably the best rookie they've had in oh God, like, you know, since Carl Malone, um they um uh, still like benched him. I can't remember who they had in front of him. I'm gonna look at it right now, but uh the Jazz um were still not great. But you could tell that the Jazz were were getting there. The the Jazz that year, excuse me, I should have had this pulled up already. Uh, the Jazz that year, um, uh, after going twenty six fifty six the year before, finished forty one and forty one. Like they had, they had a really good end of the year. Um, and but the thing is that for most of the year, Andre Owens, oh yeah, the captain of Crunch, Milt Palacio was starting in front of uh, it was Palacio, Keith McLeod, Darren Williams. And boy, Milt, that team. Milt Palacio, the captain of Crunch. You remember the captain of Crunch? Oh, were you guys were you guys not there for that? No, I missed. Yeah, I. Yep. <laughs> he does not ring a bell. Sorry. A I, I know of, him. Yeah. But. He had a couple of like game winners or clutch shots. Not game winners, but clutch shots at the end of uh, uh, the first like ten games of the season. Well, and it's called the captain of Crunch. You so. have to understand, I was also living in Sacramento for from two thousand on, so. Like right. my jazz, my jazz knowledge is spotty from 2000 to 2007. This team was, I mean, this team was just interesting. It's better because, when I was stateside, but yeah, cool. the the jazz from this time was it was just nice because the jazz had shown improvement. Um, the jazz um, uh, with Darren Williams, um, uh, like they had a future. Like okay, okay, right, this guy could be something. The jazz didn't know, or the jazz fans didn't really know because they didn't get to see it unleashed until the very next year. I remember that summer reading a story about how Darren went down to Gonzaga, uh, Washington, and hung out with J- John Stockton for like a week to figure out how to run the system better. And the next year came out uh, came out just roaring because that was the year the Jazz um, uh, went to the uh, Western Conference Finals, were first in the Northwest Division. So um, uh, yeah, that that team 
basically just implanted the seeds for the next team that went to the West Conference, the, the last Jazz team that went to the Western Conference Finals. So, um, uh, yeah, that was just a, lo- a long history about that 05 06 team. Um, so, what are your thoughts about uh, Darren Williams, um, uh, Jerem? Uh, you know, I think, you know, people know him, him surly. Uh, I think he's just an immature kid. Like, he had a desire to do things his own way. And I think Jazz, like, we look back now and we kind of mock, you know, oh, the Chris Paul versus Darren thing. Well, it was real, like, first off. Right. Like, there there were times when Darren was simply a better player than Chris Paul was. It might have been the system, it might have been whatever, da-da-da-da-da, but there was the year or two when, if if not better, equally as good. Like, Darren Williams did a lot for the Jazz to, like, kind of show where the Jazz were. Like, he really buoyed, because if you take out that, you know, that year or two, oh, this has been a dismal 20 years. But it's just like it's this little bit of little bit of ray of sunshine. I you know, if you know that if he could go back in time, there's no way he would want to get traded. He's talked about it before. Um, he still owns a house here that I think that trade is a is fascinating because it's built around the it's built around the Rudy Gobert idea. Like if if Rudy or if Gordon Hayward is one side of of we didn't trade him and ergo he left. Darren is the other side of we traded him because we thought he was going to leave. But oh, I thought he just talked about how he told management that he wasn't planning on coming back. So that's that's why he left. That's why the Jazz pulled the trigger. It's funny because yeah. I've heard that story. I've also heard from a lot of people that he said that he, that he's never said that and that he would have actually come back. And whether or not that was heat of moment one way or heat of moment the other way, um, I've heard a lot of a lot of you know, hindsight 2020 hearsay that is he was planning on staying. He just was, he just really was he fed just up. just wanted to be noncommittal. Yeah. No, yeah. I've heard yeah. he just wanted to be noncommittal and, and he, he might've stayed pro- yeah. or he probably would have stayed, but. Wow. Interesting. But can you, but, it, but, but that's the, that's the question is, can you, you know, can you, you trust him? Yeah. Can yep, you trust you him to stay? And that's, yeah, that's the, that's the question. And so, um, yeah, because I, I started covering the Jazz the year after that trade, and it's it's interesting to think about, you know, the you know two years prior, Jazz are in the Western Conference Finals, and I, you start looking at the guy, team, and it's just I know a guy who could get it from the horse's mouth though, if you guys really want to know. So, <laughs> all right, and so you hear first next week our guest is Darren Williams. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know somebody who knows him. I, Darren's not going to come on the pod. I don't, I don't think he would. What's Let's find out. <laughs> yeah, what's what's the worst thing going to happen? He's going to say no. Yeah, so yeah. What's what he doing in quarantine? Not uh, doing podcasts? Come on now. He still lives uh, here. Yeah, so. Yeah, um, uh, yeah he uh, lives up in Park City, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, uh, that's, that is interesting that you bring that up because, like, yeah, so we have the, the Darren Williams. Like, if if it got bad enough where the Jazz, because um, uh, uh, the Jazz, you should be able to trade anybody on your team. And it comes down to a lot of factors. It, it comes down to, you know, will your fan base accept it? Will, will you know, can you afford him in the next three or four years? Because uh, I saw a tweet that said, hey, you know, this is always going to be Darren or Rudy. That's not really true. I mean, you can sign both guys to their max contracts, right? Yep. But it, it will cost you. It'll probably cost you Joe Ingles. It will probably cost you Boyan Bogdanovich at some point. Um, uh, you know, the money, you know, it's going to cost you draft picks. 
because uh, you're going to have to unload those other contracts to stay under the luxury cap, and you're going to have to give up draft capital to get rid of those draft picks or to get rid of those, uh, those contracts. Um, but, you know, if, if that's, I think a good comp for the Jazz team is the Portland Trailblazers. Look what they did. with uh, they, they kept Damien, they kept CJ McCollum, gave them a lot of money, but it also hampered them in ways that they had to get rid of other contracts. Contracts that they weren't, like Evan Turner, they would love giving him away, but it, co- it comes with a price, you know? Uh, and, you know, you can do that. Oh, they didn't love what it cost to get rid of him because he was expensive. Yeah, well, paid him too much money in that cap spike. Yeah, and, uh, but, you know, I think they had to give away draft picks. They had to give away draft picks, but... I love Evan Turner. The thing is, I don't think... I think a lot of... I think the guys that we would move wouldn't be guys that you would necessarily have to attach picks to. Bojan... He has value on his own. Joe, he has value on his own. If you trade like, him I don't right think... now, if you but in, I'm talking about two well, years. it depends on how long you're waiting to trade him. Like right, that, that's things like when does true. that come? When does it come? When does it come down to? Uh, when is like all right, cool. We we gave it a run. We were in the luxury tax for a year, maybe two years. This team now um, is no longer a top four contender in the West. They're more of we're a fringe playoff team in the the Jazz are a fringe playoff team in the West. Well, now you got to make moves. My question would be is how how are you sure that you have to give those guys away right now? You've got Conley coming off the books. I'm not saying right now. I'm saying I'm saying as well. No, as, no, no, like, no. But I line. mean, like I mean, even down the line, like what what are you projecting? Who are you signing that that you filled out your cap sheet? Well, I mean, you, you've got Joe Ingles on his extension. You've got Bogdanovich yeah. um, uh, twenty million dollars a year, plus um, yeah. uh, assuming that you know you give Rudy for fourteen, Bojan for eighteen. Assuming that 19. you give Rudy Gobert your the super max, and then you give Donovan Mitchell a max that's extension. Forty-five. Yeah, so I mean 30, that, that's gonna be thirty to thirty-five. Yep. Uh, I mean Rudy's gonna be fifty fifty-ish million for a that's, super max. That's that's towards the end of the deal. It doesn't start uh, off at fifty million. But I mean, and, in a couple and of years, the, the number is going to be different say, now. Let's just say it's hey. going to be thirty-five percent your cap every year. Then, yeah. And then I'm a uh, Donovan is another twenty-five percent. That's seventy percent of your cap. And then if you add uh, your extensions of uh, Royce, Boyan, and Joe, that's probably eighty, ninety percent. Wait, how do you figure Donovan is thirty-five percent of your cap? Twenty-five percent. Oh, twenty-five percent. Okay. Yeah. So I guess sixty, sixty-seven percent. Excuse me. But still, I mean, you're already. You know, with two guys, more than half your salary cap's gone. Plus, you already have guys that are on, you know, big deals um, uh, down the line uh, as well. So even if you lose Mike Conley's contract, you still have other guys that are, you know, taking up a, a big chunk of your, of your salary cap. So, I mean, again, it's a, it's a, I think a, a good cop is the Blazers. So I just, I just don't think that that we don't we have as many guys signed long term as they did. I mean, it's. I mean, I think that, Dennis Lindsay has done a good job keeping more flexibility than. Well, Bojan's four years this year. <laughs> right. I mean, this this is a problem that could happen in two to three years. So that's that's still Joe Ingles. That's still Royce. That's still. I mean, even though Royce is on a good deal right now, it might not be a good deal in three years. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich's deal good right now, but again, it's, it, it accelerates and he gets older and. If yeah. I. If I've learned anything from the Warriors and from Last Dance, it's that we just need a superstar to 
get kind of hurt and tank his value so that we can then sign him for really, really cheap and then have him turn out to be perfectly healthy. <laughs> Show me where that doesn't work. Yeah, it's been, it's been tough for Jazz fans this week. Um, uh, uh, number one, Last Dance has shown some Jazz highlights. Um, uh, you know, no, that, it, it hasn't even gotten bad yet. It's going to yeah. get bad this Sunday. And then um, uh, it's, Jared sent me something that he wanted to talk about. I go, oh man, we're going to be opening some wounds here. Uh, SB Nation ran a poll or a, a bracket because that's all we do nowadays. Um, <laughs> About the '96, '97 Jazz being the best Jazz team or best team ever to never win a title, yeah. and I was it's, like, "Well, you know, hey, it's, it's amazing." Yeah, it's it's amazing to think how different the years like the world is if you fracture by years. Like, if you know, if if Jordan is a year later, if Jordan wins a year later. And he, and he, you know, his first one comes a year later, then all of a sudden these timing windows shape out differently. If the lockout happens a year before, there's oh. so many like these little small things that are just like, I mean, they're probably not fascinating for most people. But for me, I'm just like, man, that's like, it is crazy to think how much could have changed. Butterfly effect. Yeah. Of like, of, of that year where, I mean you might even hit the point where the magic end up being a dynasty because Nick Anderson doesn't miss two free throws. Like it can oh. go crazy. Oh man. Like, like some of these teams that should have won. And, and I mean, it is what it is. The NBA is, it's hard to win a championship in the NBA. It's hard. It is you, hard. You, you got to draft the right players. You got, you, not just like one player. You have to like draft like almost two players to like create a dynasty. Yeah. And you know, the luck has to fall your way. And yeah. Sometimes it's just like you can do everything right and you can still just not win at all. Like you, you can do every right move in the front office, draft the right guys, pick up the right players, you know, give out the right amount of money. And it's a, it's a one in 30 crapshoot every year. And um, yeah. And you can run into a, a team where the Warriors just get Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, right. Like um, what, what are you supposed to do there? Yeah. You, you punt until three years later and try and try then, which is what yeah. the jazz did. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my buddy, uh, he we, is a, oh, we he, got force punted though because of freaking a word. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. <laughs> he, um, he, he he was like, oh no, the Warriors gonna be too strong. I'm going to Boston. <laughs> I don't blame him. You know, like I, I do. How can uh, you I, not? <laughs> because you know, you, you got to do what's best for you to secure the bag. And um, uh, if he could have secured the, he would have had more money here. Well, then again, okay, you're right. He wouldn't have got that stupid uh, League of Legends commercial. You're right. I mean, in Boston, I mean, because I, I said at the time, if um, when you go to Boston, you have a better chance of making multiple All-Star games as you would if you were on the Jazz. And, how uh, many has he made since then? How many, how many All-Star games has he made? Yeah, you're right. Um, him, him breaking his leg, <laughs> never had to do it. Come on, dude. Like, get off that now. Sucks to suck. Uh, no, come on. But Well, hey, I mean, that's... He has his one year that is lost to injury. How many has he had besides that? He's been fine. I think he's been fine. But um, uh, yeah, but he hasn't the, made any All Star games. Right. I I think um, but I think the logic is there that um, uh, going to the East was a better chance of making multiple All Star games. As soon as LeBron left the East, Hayward probably he he's that you guys know who you guys know Job or Job from. Did they call him Job in that show? I can't remember. Gob. Whatever. Arrested Development. Yep, I made Job. a huge mistake. <laughs> Job. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he's. But I mean, again, it's a lot of things. He wants to play for Brad Stevens, and again, I think it's. I think it's fine what he did. It sucks that he puts. Sure, it, it is fine, but it's but, like it um, hasn't worked out that well for him. Like, I yeah. think it's worked just fine. He's made a lot of money. He's had some pretty good stats. He plays on a really good team. He's been to the playoffs multiple times. So, I don't. I don't see why it hasn't been fine. <laughs> uh, like, um, well, uh, he had to deal with. The, I, I wouldn't want to be been on that team with that cancer team with Kyrie where everybody hates each other. That sucks. I wouldn't have wanted that. Well, I mean, he still made playoffs. He's still, his stats are fine. He's had, he's had a very good year this year. Uh, he's on a, he's on a, he's been okay this year. Yeah. He's been decent this year. Boston fans still, still hate, how much they're paying him and really think he's underperforming. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money to pay for a guy that I always thought was kind of a, a, a complimentary player, but, yeah, he's a he's a twenty million dollar a year guy. Like if the Jazz, the 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 conversation would be a lot different if he actually stayed with the Jazz for that money, because then the Jazz fans would be one turning on him right now. Oh, so well, I mean, that's if we run run that same play and he still gets hurt. Like who who's to say he would have gotten hurt? Who, I don't know. Knows? I mean, that's the same. That's the play they literally took from us. Like I know. That's, but, I know, but oh, I yeah. also think that Kyrie really made a bad read and that was not a good time to throw that pass but i think um, uh, i think the the thing is that like what we're seeing from hayward now is kind of who he is like he's never the alpha male gonna be your lead dog type guy i think he's oh, a I very know. good I, I know he would have he would have definitely had to if he had stayed we would have hoped that somehow that donovan would have actually still ascended the way he did and, and, and assuming that to he, say that he would or have not i don't have assuming no that donovan still you know the cream rises to the top right so assuming that donovan still goes on the same trajectory and and but then you're like oh gordon hayward is a guy that's you know an 18 point scorer deferring to you know a 23 year old and rudy gobert is also better than gordon like you're playing your third best player 35 million dollars yeah it is Again, it's it's a it's a very what is this? Andre the NBA became an old man's the, <laughs> the NBA became yeah, pretty much. The NBA became an old man's league though, especially with the advent of Chris Paul coming into power with the uh, the players association and they changed the rules so that old players can make a ton of money. And I mean that is it is what it is now. You're paying a premium for an old guy who's probably not gonna be as good as your young buck who you got on a steal of a deal. Yeah. And uh, again, we're we're gonna as uh, my buddy would say, like once you start giving people players the bag, they um, uh, go under a much bigger microscope. Yeah, like, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Now. I mean, fans are fans who love Joe Ingles three years ago are you know complaining like, oh, where's Joe Ingles now? Like Joe Ingles is the same player. <laughs> Joe Ingles is basically the same player. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you 100. He, he just makes more like, money, and so you're yeah, complaining. So, yeah. <laughs> More money, more problems, as as the 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 people would say. Uh, yeah. Jerem, um, uh, what can he plug here, man? Like, oh, what what should we know about you? Should we see your Twitter? What should we do here? No, I mean, I'm on Twitter. I'm an idiot. Like, <laughs> like I'm all at, of us. I'm, I'm at Jerem Moore. Like, I you know, I'm just here. There's nothing. There's nothing really to plug. I just love to talk. Like, yeah, branding you know, yourself. I'm uh, I'm uh, yeah. yeah. So Jerem actually was one of the few people that helped me get podcasting like I, I did a lot of test pods with him yeah. he kind of showed me like how he did it he's got a whole setup uh we did our last podcast where he was the only one on video it was weird uh i'm so glad he had pants on so that was cool yeah for most of it i mean up until you know mid halfway through and then well things you get know weird. 
Hey, sometimes you just gotta you gotta take those pants off, man. It got hot. Okay, I had the AC <laughs> off for a minute. Uh, yeah. So, uh, real quick, do you, do you think? Do you hear the the um, that the NBA might come back and play at Disney World? Uh, it was a key smart NBA idea. Heard it. Yeah. Do you, do I think it's gonna happen? Yes. Interesting. That's interesting. Uh, Jared, how about you? I think. Yeah, I really do think that the NBA. Uh, has a strong chance of coming back uh, be, just because I don't know if they're going to do Disney world or cause I, I think they kind of poo pooed the Vegas idea, especially with the, the way that the, what was it? The mayor of Las Vegas was staying all uh, kinds of stupid stuff. Well, he's, he's not the mayor of New <laughs> yeah. York. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's an interesting idea. I know that Keith smart NBA wrote about like a month ago saying how <laughs> Disney world, um, has the facilities to take care of that. So. Oh, did you guys see the jokes about the Lopez brothers? Like, <laughs> they'd Funny. be on Disney rides, so it's like D- DMP, Disney World. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting oh, to see because I'm. Uh, we we got to see if they may come back and get a preseason in and get something. And we what we really want to see is that the Jazz get back together and play like they like each other again. Something that we haven't seen and more than the COVID-19 era. Um, yeah. uh, so um, uh, we just hope to see that again. Hope that fixes stuff. Um, uh, get, so, uh, so, Jerm, what was the draft pick that you thought was going to really hit? Did that be Jazz? Uh, Reggie Bullock is my... Uh, That's right. Yeah, I, I will... I That is my, like, flag-planted... I mean, Derek Williams is another one, but I think everyone who was on that bandwagon. Reggie Bullock was someone that I just, like... I didn't think he was going to be a top 10 player or anything like that, but I legitimately thought that he was going to become a like better Tony Allen, basically. Like I thought he was going to become elite three and D of just like, again, that, that like, I don't know, third or fourth best player on a, on championship teams. That's like you go guard the best player. Also you're shooting 42% from the three go for it. I was just, I was just a hundred percent on board with him. And I mean, he's still, he's still playing. Yeah, He's had a a pretty solid career, Um, but I I mean, he's kind of slowed down earlier than I thought he would. Yeah. Yeah. My, my flag player was Derek Williams. I really thought, I I really thought it was a mistake not to take number one. I saw him play at university of Arizona. Thought the kid had all the tools, athleticism. Oh man. I thought Derek Williams was going to be. I I do remember, I do remember seeing an Arizona game or something and, he, you're right. He had that athleticism. He was lighting the world on fire. Yeah, no, thought for sure he was gonna be gonna be like the guy. Yeah, he just really before. didn't pan out. Um, uh, we know Walt Perrin's flag player is Shane Larkin. Um, uh, uh, Jared Barker, do you have a flag player? Do I have a a flag player? You said yeah, a guy that you from that draft just, that we talked no, about. No, not just not just just any draft. Like any any NBA player. You're like, all right, this is the guy. This is gonna Ooh. be so. Um, I'm trying to think. I think I had. Let me see. Oh, I liked Hizonja back when oh, uh, Spencer Spencer and I were kind of big on him. And then, you know, he's became nothing, less than yeah. nothing. <laughs> so. Yeah. I thought Trey Burke was, I thought Kevin Walker was going to be what Trey Burke was. Uh, I also messed on Kevin Walker really badly. Don't draft him. That guy's too small to do anything. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Well, Wrong. well, defensively, yeah, he is kind of. <laughs> Yeah, well, sometimes I'm a, you, can, you can be a defensive. He, um, uh, he's like shirt. a proto. Well, he's like a proto uh, Trey. Uh, what's it? Whatever his name yeah. is. Lana Trey. <laughs> just, 
Yeah, Trey, yeah there you go, Trey Young. Yeah. 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 All right, Jerem, uh, I think your game is playing right now. Go to Twitch, go watch your game. I'm uh, good luck in the. I, I, th- I the think fake. I actually won. So. Oh, there you go. Um, oh, yeah, so nice. I'm two and one. Yeah. The fake, the fake NBA 2K playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so did you guys uh, make up uh, like fake teams for this? Like you made your um, own team name and everything. Should have. Yeah. Designed so, your own jerseys. No, oh, so that's, that's the, thing, that's the thing is that um, uh, uh, McCade had to make all these ones, and to his credit, he made thirty six different teams and stuff, and yeah. put all together. Thank, I mean, God, I, that's something like if you told me to do that, I don't care how much quarantine time I have, I'm not doing that. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that. I would have yeah. asked everybody to design their own team stuff and send it or something. Yeah. But that's the problem is that like it's on Xbox, so like I guess, I guess if you had Xbox, oh, you could if it, you have an you Xbox, know. yeah, if you're a PS4 guy. Yeah, yeah so like I mean, you could have done that kind of, but like even then, it would have been kind of hard. So, um, yeah. uh, thank you know, good job, McCain, if you're listening. Good job on putting that together. Um, uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, I'm I'm glad you guys. We this is a long episode, but you know we haven't talked in a while. A lot of jazz stuff's coming down. Hopefully, the NBA gets back soon. I say it every episode, but yeah, we need it. Um, yeah. uh, are you guys ready for the last dance episodes five and six? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's gonna be. I wonder how much of the the jazz stuff we're gonna get into these next couple. You know, because because uh, the the end of episode four, man, it's just like, oh, you know, Phil's like, oh, there could be coming change coming in the NBA too, and then you know, then they lose to Utah, and it's like, oh, and they're trying to paint the narrative that everything everybody had in '98. All right, I'm jazz like, fans. Who, who thought the Bulls weren't going to win? Come on. <laughs> uh, no, uh, the Jazz, I think, were favored because um, uh, they had the home court advantage. Anyway, we'll get that I, I remember <laughs> reading an article in the Trib, and it was talking about who was favored and what, and it felt it looked like it was very much 50-50. Yeah. So, I mean, at least that, that's, that's closer than a lot of people thought. The, yeah. the Jazz... All right, Jazz fans, here's it. If you're sad about, you know, that 96-97 Jazz team poll, and you're sad about the last dance, two things you can do. Go watch the movie Celtic Pride, and, and <laughs> that will help. And then um, uh, go look up um, uh, YouTube clips of DDP and Karl Malone at Bash at the Beach, 1998. And um, uh, <laughs> uh, I got versus, that. Was that versus I, Rodman? Yeah, yeah Rodman. Do you remember hearing Rod? Did you, have you guys heard that Rodman interview that he wouldn't take his shirt off and why he wouldn't take his shirt off because Karl was so jacked? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Made he him look right. <laughs> I got that pay-per-view for my birthday. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Was that when DDP was on? Uh, I'm trying to remember if he was in WCW at the time or what. Yep. Yes. Yeah, okay. Was, well, it was at WCW's peak, really. So, yeah. all right, guys, thank you guys very much again. Follow at Jeremore at Jeremore on the Twitter. Um, uh, follow at Go the Distance Forty Nine. That's Jared Barker on um uh, the Twitter as well. I'm at Who at Jazz High Notes. We also have an Instagram page at Jazz High Notes. Um, uh, thanks to Unwrap Sports for um, uh, letting us be on their network, and we'll see you guys next time. What?